kind of faith. Father, I just thank you for your presence here this morning. I thank you, Father God, as I yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to teach through me that this word, this seed will fall upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. Things that maybe we've let slip or forgotten or maybe never learned, that we will, this, this will fall on a good ground and, and we will have a clear understanding in this time and this hour. This is probably the most important time and hour there's ever been on the earth for the Christian. And we must go forth in your power and your might. As Brother Hagen said, that there would be a remnant of word of faith people praying that would turn this around and we are part of that remnant and we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus name amen okay let's go ahead the kind of faith that spoke the universe into existence is dealt to our hearts you realize that the kind of faith that spoke the universe into existence is dealt to our hearts. Think of that. This kind of, God kind of faith has been given unto us. Let's turn to Mark 11. There are two things to notice about the God kind of faith. First, a man believes with his heart. Second, he believes with his words. It isn't enough to just believe in your heart in order to get God to work for you. You must believe with your words also. How many realize that? Jesus said, Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Let's turn to Mark eleven, twenty-three. It's good to see you all here this morning. Let's go ahead and, and go up to verse 22. And Jesus replying said to them, Have faith in God constantly. So constantly, this is the Amplified, have faith in God or have the same kind of faith that God had. So when you think about the faith that God operated in, he did not doubt anything. He knew what he said would come to pass. You know, we serve a God that never doubts. He knows what he says. He knows, he knows exactly when he speaks it, it shall be done. Amen. So let's go on. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea 
and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. And be confident. Be confident. And whatever you, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop, leave it, let it go, in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. And how many of us know that we have failings and shortcomings? That is for sure. Amen. If you don't realize that, just ask somebody that you're close to. Let us focus our attention on the statement, have faith in God. Or as the margin reads, have the faith of God. Greek scholars tell us that this should be translated, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. So whenever you start to enter into a circumstance or a situation that you know every day everything we do is going to need faith. How many realize that? Just sometimes get up in the morning when you've been awake all night praying. You know you've got to get up and go somewhere. It takes faith. My body wants to say, let's stay in bed another hour. How many, how many slap that alarm and turn pastor has a habit of hitting it. <laughs> Sunday mornings is not the day to hit the alarm because and, and, it's on his side, so I don't hear it half the time. But have that God kind of faith. Know what you know. That Jesus demonstrated that he had the God kind of faith while he was afar off, he saw the fig tree and the leaves, but he, as he approached it, looking for fruit, he saw it was barren. Some have questioned why Jesus looked for figs on a tree when it was not the season for the figs to be ripe. However, in that country, trees that retained their leaves usually also had figs. Let's go up a little bit and read about this, because this is what caused him to speak all this. We see that in verse 20. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed the fig tree. Let's go up, because we've got to get to where he spoke to it. Twelve. Thank you, darling. You're my helpmate. On the day following, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, he went to see if, it could find, if he could find any fruit on it. For in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. But when he came upon it, he found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come. He said to it, No one ever again shall eat from you. And, you, and his disciples were listening to what he said. 
and they came to Jerusalem, he went into the temple and the porches, and he began to drive out those who sold and bought in the temple area, and he overturned the four-footed tables and the money, the money chargers and their seats of those who dealt in doves. Now, can you imagine this? And he would not permit anyone to carry any household equipment through the temple enclosure, thus making the temple area a shortcut traffic lane. He taught and said to them, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have turned it into a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard of this and kept seeking some way to destroy him. For they feared him because the entire multitude was struck with astonishment at his teaching. And when the evening came on, he and his disciples, as a custom, went out of the city. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely, just completely withered. This tree that had had all these leaves on it, away to the roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look. The fig tree which you doomed or cursed has withered away. And Jesus replied to him, them, have faith in God constantly. So he wasn't real happy with that fig tree <laughs> at all. If you're hungry and you're Jesus, you want to eat. And you expect if there's leaves on the tree, then there's fruit on the tree. Amen. How many have ever been hungry and expected to, to go somewhere and there was no food there? You want to eat. It was, <laughs> it was then that Jesus made the statement, have faith in God and the faith of God and the God kind of faith. For only verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall not doubt in his heart, but will believe that those things he saith shall come to pass. No doubting, you must speak what you desire. Amen? Our mouth and our... Our mouth must line up with what the Word of God says. We cannot doubt. Because the minute you begin to doubt that something's going to take place, that pulls away. It literally begins to pull away, eat away, just pull out the faith that you've been speaking. And so faith and doubt don't, they just, they don't go hand in hand, trust me. So let's look at this. It was... Then that Jesus made the statement, have faith in God 
have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. For verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You believe that? And telling his disciples in verse 22, have the God kind of faith, Jesus went on and explained what that meant. The God kind of faith is the kind of faith in which a man believes with his heart and says with his mouth that which he believes in his heart and it shall come to pass. So whatever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth is supposed to come to pass. It's expected to come to pass. Jesus showed he had that kind of faith because he believed what he said would come to pass. He said to the tree, no man eat fruit of the hereafter forever. This is the kind of faith that spoke the world into existence. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen we're not made of the things that do appear. Look at Hebrews 11.3. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we have to have faith. Because if we don't, we're not pleasing him. And I do not want to be someone that is not pleasing God. I'm going to go ahead to, to verse 1. Now faith is, I'm reading out of the Amplified, is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, which is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old had, had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, equipped for their intended purpose and the word of God, by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which were visible. We need to understand this and realize this. I'm going to go over this again. By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which were visible. So when God spoke us into existence before the very foundation of the world, 
He fashioned, put in order, and equipped us for our intended purpose here on this earth. And we all need to realize this. There is an intended purpose in each one of us that God has. And the more we read the Word of God, study the Word of God, understand the Word of God, we will understand why we're here. Why are we here in this hour? God has us here in this hour to be lights to the world, to pray for our president, to see things turn around. This is the time when God is desirous to turn things around. This is the time when the enemy wants to do destruction in the world, but this is the time when God wants to turn things around, and we're a part of that. So we've got to get our heart right, speaking forth God's word and understanding it and expecting it to take place. Amen? So... Fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made of, out of things which are visible. Praise you, Jesus. You know, chapter 11 is the faith chapter, so they say in the Bible, it says, by faith, by faith, by faith. Because of faith, Enoch was caught up and transferred to heaven. Do you believe that's going to happen to you one day? Could happen real soon. Amen is right. I'm not staying back. How did he do it? God believed what he said would come to pass. He spoke the word and there was an earth. He spoke it. All he had to do was speak it and earth was there. He spoke the vegetation kingdom into existence. So he, he spoke the animal kingdom into existence. He spoke the heavens, the moon, the sun, the stars, and the universe into existence. He said it, and it was so. This is what the God kind of faith, God believed what he said would come to pass, and it did. Everything he said would come to pass, came to pass. Everything he has said will come to pass, will come to pass. Hallelujah. And we're a part of it. We are part of this last day revival that shall come to pass. It might only be a couple days, but it will come to pass. The measure of faith. Jesus demonstrated the God kind of faith to his disciples and he told them that they too had that kind of faith. The faith that man believes with his heart, says with his mouth what he believes and it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Praise God. It comes to pass. Think of that. What you say according to God's word and believe will come to pass. Amen. Praise you, Father. Someone might say, I want that kind of faith, 
I'm going to pray that God will give it to me. However, you don't need to pray for it. You already have it. If you're born again, you have it. You know, many people will come up in a line when they're first born again and say, pray that I'll have more faith. I can't pray that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh. Faith is coming to each one of us right now by hearing the word of God. Grab it. <laughs> tell, your, tell yourself, grab it. It's, faith is coming to me right now. Grab a hold of it. Amen? In Romans 12, 3. Just think of him who endured from, sin, endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you may not grow weary or exhausted Losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. And relaxing and fainting in your minds. Now, right now, I'm praying about, Pastor and I are praying about, on Wednesday night, doing a Carol and Leaf book and workbook and going through it. And it has to do with the mind. She's an expert at this. That is one of my favorite subjects to teach on the renewing of the mind, how it works, why it works. And someone made a suggestion, could we do a Bible study where we're just can ask questions and be taught the word? Well, I'm praying right now what, what we should teach. And that's probably the way we're going to go because we need it. We need our mind to be in tune with the word of God by the water of the washing of the word. So expect some changes in your life. Amen. How many know all of you that are out there working all day long with whatever? You know, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Well, if you're out there working, most likely that's where you're at. <laughs> Eight hours a day, you know. And so you have to be aware of it. You know, you have to realize... You know, if you take psychology classes, you've got, you have got to, for the amount of hours that you're in, in that class, you better have that amount of hours or more of the word. I'm, I'm just telling you. You cannot listen to the things of the world and not expect to have the, world, the word drained out of you. Amen? For I say, therefore, the grace given unto me, and this is Romans 12, 3, I'm going to read this, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly 
then he ought to think, but think soberly, according to God has dealt every man the measure of faith. I'm sorry. I went to Hebrews instead of Romans. Let's go to Romans real quick. For by grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, than he ought not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. Okay. Notice that Paul wrote this to believers because he says to every man that is among you, the epistle of Romans was not written to the sinners in the world. It is a letter to the Christians because it is addressed to all those, all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Romans 1.7 Notice that Paul wrote this to believers because he says to every man that is among you, this epistle of Romans was not written to sinners in the world. It is a letter to Christians because of its address. Notice that Paul also said, for by grace are you saved through faith. Let's look at Ephesians 2.8. By grace are you saved through faith. Some pretty crazy grace teaching out there today. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Paul is saying here that this faith is not of yourself. He is not referring to grace because everyone, everyone knows that grace is of God. Paul is saying that the faith by which we are saved is not of ourselves. It is not a natural human faith. It is not given to sinners. It is given to sinners by God. And how does God give the sinner faith to be saved? In Romans 10, 17. We all know this one, or we should, but let's turn there. People try to make coming to God so hard. You know, the reason why I didn't was because of the list I got of how I needed to change before I could get there. And in myself, I couldn't do it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And these Verses Paul has said, faith, one is given, two is dealt, and three comes. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing what is told, 
and what is heard comes by the preaching, for the message came from the lips of Christ the Messiah himself. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You've got to hear the word of God. One of the best ways to read the word of God is either read it out loud so you can hear yourself speaking it, or get yourself, I mean, not for your regular Bible reading. I remember Tina used to wait for me and I'd hear someone talking well, she was reading the word of God out loud. <laughs> she was in there reading the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Nowadays, on our iPads or whatever, we have the Bible. We, and it's reading while you're reading it out loud. And the more you, not for your personal reading, but the more you allow yourself to hear the word while reading the word, the more it will mean to you because it's coming at you. We've got to look at the word, read the word, and hear the word. And in these days, we need to need this more than, well, we've always needed it, but we need it now because there is so much goofiness around. Trust me. I don't know why California gets most of it, but I love California. I like the ocean. I like the weather. God called us here. Amen. <laughs> you know? Okay. Believing and saying the key to faith. Notice the words in Romans 10.8. But what does it say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word which we preach. How does this compare with the words of Jesus in Mark 11:23? Paul's writings to the Romans agree exactly with what Jesus told his disciples when he said, Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart but believe shall have whatsoever he saith. Do you believe that? But you've got to believe in your heart. It's not just lip service. You've got to believe in your heart and speak it out. If you spend a day with a person, you will know exactly what they believe. What they truly, honestly believe. How many know that? We see here the basic principle inherent in the God kind of faith, believing with the heart and saying with the mouth, Jesus believed it and he said it. God believed it and he said it. Speaking the earth into existence, Jesus believed and he spoke it. 
When, when the water, when it was wild, he said, peace be still, and the wind stopped. God wants us. He said, greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. So we, sh we should be at the place where the fire is there and we say, stop now in Jesus' name. That's the, that's, that is what God desires to see us, the place he wants to see us in. Okay, that's the best way I can put it. He wants to see miracles change people's lives. When you go to a foreign country and you tell them these things, they believe it. If they're hungry, which they are, they believe it. And miracles happen. Well, I'm, a, I'm here to tell you miracles are about to take place in America. But we need to be prepared. Okay? That's the truth. Verse 9 and 10 of this same chapter in Romans says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's that simple. You know, people have a hard time, I'm just going to say it out here today, getting Catholics saved. Well, they already love Jesus. The best way is, do you believe that Jesus died for you? Do you believe he rose from the dead? Do you believe that He loves you. I mean, it's so simple. All you have to get them to say is, yes, I believe in my heart. Ask them to pray a prayer with you. Because I will be honest with you, it makes them feel better if they pray a prayer, okay? <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved, amen? It's so simple that he was raised from the dead. Do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead for you? Yes, thou shalt be saved. For with the man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A measure of faith is dealt to, to the sinner through hearing the word. Then he uses it to create the reality of salvation in his own life. When Christians are asked, when were you saved? And they often answer by saying something like, at 9 o'clock on the night of July 10th. They are mistaken. However, God saved them nearly 2,000 years ago. But they received him. I received him on November 7th, 1971 at 12.03. I received him, but I was, my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It has to be blotted out for those that don't. 
How many realize that? Salvation belongs to everyone. Every man and woman in this world has a legal right to salvation. Jesus died for the whole world, not just for you and me. Remember that. When the truth is preached to the sinner, it causes faith to, faith to come, and he believes and confesses. He, cre he creates the reality of it in his own life by his faith. Thank God. Then the beginning starts. We have a choice of building that faith or just staying in the position of I'm just saved. And you have got to build up on the rock in, in this hour. <laughs> Mike, I'm thinking about when you came up for prayer and you said you wanted more of the Holy Ghost. You got it. You got him. Hallelujah. In Romans 10, 13, 14, and 17, we're there. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Excuse me. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then faith cometh, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank God for those that go out soul winning. It's very important. We've had some wild times out there. Remember that lady at the window that time? <laughs> I think I told you, watch this. I knew she was going to rile up and become a demoniac. Jeez. Praise you, Father. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh. I lost my spot. Just as faith comes by hearing the word of God, so does anything we receive from God. The God kind of faith comes by hearing God's word. In other words, God causes the God kind of faith to come into the hearts of those who hear. God causes it. God causes faith to come into your heart. You need, to, you need to tell him right now, God, I want everything you have for me in this morning, in this sermon, to come into my heart. I receive it. If it's not in the word, don't receive it. How many understand that? No wonder Jesus said, take heed for how you hear in Luke 8, 18. Let's turn there. It's very important that you're careful of what you hear and how you hear it. Because it attaches itself to you. What did I say? Luke what? 818. I'm sorry. Take heed therefore how you hear. 
For whoever hath, to him shall be given, and whoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. That is a heavy scripture. Be careful, therefore, how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. For those of you who have spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. That's heavy. That's heavy. We need the word. Very, very heavy. You can't let it go in one ear and out the other because that won't do any good. Faith won't come. If you act as if the word of God were some fairy tale, faith will not come. But when you accept it reverently and sincerely, when you act upon it, faith comes. You can't just be a hearer of the word, but you have to be a doer of it. How many understand that? So let's go back to the scripture a minute. This is a heavy scripture. Mm. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. You can't let it go in one ear and out the other because you won't do any, it won't do any good. Faith won't come if you act as if the word of God is some fairy tale. Faith will not come, but you, when you accept it reverently and sincerely, when you act upon it, faith comes. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, we have the same spirit of faith. Let's turn there, Second Corinthians 4.13. And I'm giving you a lot of scripture this morning. I thank God for Brother Hagin. He gave a lot of scripture. A lot. When you were at Raymond, did he teach three times a week? And did he teach on Mark 11, 24, three times a week? 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Is that what I said? There. I just wondered in your class if you had the same thing. Did you wonder at first, doesn't he know anything else? <laughs> we having the same spirit of faith according to as it is written, I believe, therefore, have I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Hallelujah. For all things are for your sakes. 
that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound redound i'm sorry this is so little print to the glory of god hallelujah maybe i need a big print bible thank you jesus we having the same spirit of faith according to as it is written i believe therefore i have spoken and we also have believed paul said we have the same spirit of faith we have the same spirit of faith and what belonged to the church of at corinth belongs to the church today on no occasion did paul or any of the apostles ever write to encourage the people to believe never did they tell them to have faith wait a minute on no occasion did paul or any of the apostles ever write to encourage the people to believe Never did they tell them to have faith. Our having to encourage believers to believe or have faith is a result of the word of God's having lost its reality to us. We are believers. Do you all understand what I just read or do you need me to read it again? Our having to encourage believers to believe or to have faith is the result of the word of God having lost its reality to us. We are believers. And let me tell you, there are those that have lost the reality that has slipped away. When our children are away from home, we don't have to write them and say, be sure to, to keep breathing. <laughs> They will continue to breathe as long as they are alive. Neither do we have to encourage believers to believe because that is what they are, believers. Not doubters, believers. How many of us realize that our words dominate us? Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth, which read in Proverbs 6, 2. Another version says, Thou art taken captive with the words of thy mouth. So, we have two, here we are, we're believing for something. We're standing on it. We know, we know what the word of God says no matter what. But something happens. See, let's just say a car accident or something happens. Pain comes, whatever comes. Are we going to believe what the word of God says and stand firm on, firm on the word of God? Or are we going to believe what the doctor says? You're put in a position here now. Well, always go to the word of God, no matter what. The word of God is the final source. That's it. The word is it. Anything outside the word is going to pull you away from the things of God. So we've got to make, make ourselves come to the point where everything the word of God says is true and what the enemy says is, is a lie. And that's a sad thing. You might, you might have symptoms. You might have whatever. But go to the word of God and study the word and stay with the word. Amen?
are having, hang on. How many of us realize that our words dominate us? How many realize that? Someday, take thought in everything you say and you might be shocked. Defeat and failure do not belong to a child of God. Defeat and failure do not belong to a child of God. God never made a failure. God made us new creatures. He did not make us failures. He made us new creations in Christ Jesus. Thank God. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. We have two puppies that are listening to this. <laughs> we leave. David Ingalls goes on. 1 John 4, 4 says, and let's turn there. I was being not he wanted to bark the other day and I told him go over there and sit I don't do this go over there and sit down and stop it he went over on his bed and sat there like this I'm thinking I wish my children would have obeyed that quickly <laughs> he, he did not move off that bed until I told him you can get off of it and I, did, I didn't have to speak very harshly. Praise God. God is moving. <laughs> Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. We need to all say that. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Well, in the world is all the, all the junk that the world has to offer. That's not in me. Greater is he, Jesus, in me than he that's in the world. So everything that, that Jesus said about us, everything that Jesus did for us is in us. That's powerful. When you think about that, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly more abundantly he's constantly loading us daily with benefits all we have to do is accept them god created the universe with words <coughs> words filled with faith and the most powerful Words filled with faith are the most powerful things in all the world. Words filled with faith are the most powerful things in the world. Jesus said you can move mountains. Well, what could the mountains be? Many things. Every day, every one of us comes up with some sort of mountain. You know, the opportunity to become impatient we need to speak. If, if you have problems with being impatient, 
You need to, that is, that is a mountain that needs to be removed. If you deal with anger, that is a mountain that needs to be removed. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes we think of mountains as something coming in from the outside. Well, there's some things inside of us that need to be dealt with and removed. Those are mountains and they're life changing. But Jesus came to set us free from those. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. There's nothing, you know what impatience does? It drags down your faith. When we begin to start to become impatient, we need to stop right there and begin to speak the word of God to ourselves immediately. The key to the God kind of faith is believing with the heart and confessing with the mouth. Our lips can make us millionaires or keep us in poverty. Our lips can make us victors or keep us captive. We can fill our words with faith or we can fill them with doubt. We can fill our words with love that will melt the coldest heart or we can fill them with hate and poison. We can fill our words with love that will help the discouraged and brokenhearted with faith that will stir heaven. You know, we can go forth and change lives with our words. Kindness. People in this world are looking for, I don't know what they're looking for half the time, but I do know if we operate in the word of God, God's word will work. Amen. It has to. We can make our words breathe the very atmosphere of heaven. Our faith will never rise above the words of our lips. You might want to write that down. Our faith will never rise above the words of our lips. In every situation in your life. You know, we have different areas that we're all growing in and have to deal with. But our faith will never rise above the words of our lips. That's heavy. Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood that her faith had made her whole. What did she keep saying? If I can just touch the hem of her, his garment, I shall be made whole. She wouldn't, she, she, you couldn't get her to stop. I, who knows how she heard of him because she had spent all the money she had. She didn't get out because of the sickness she had. So she kept speaking it. And he always had multitudes around him. So think of how she had to get through him, through to him. Thoughts may come and they may persist in staying, but if we refuse to put those thoughts into words, they die unborn. I'm going to read it again. Thoughts may come and they may persist in staying, but if we refuse to put those thoughts into words, 
they will die unborn. This is why this teaching that I want to do on the brain and the mind, it, will, it is going to change people's lives. But if we refuse to put those thoughts into words, they die unborn. Cultivate the habit of thinking big things. You know why I like our president? Because he can't think negatively. He can't. He does not think negatively when it comes to running this country and how, what's going to happen in this country. What was his logo? America will be, make America great again. And he's putting that into the people. Through, the, through God. Do you believe that America will be great again? I do. We sure prayed long enough. Amen. Cultivate the habit of thinking big things. Cultivate it. How do you cultivate something? How many have planted a garden? You cultivate it. You dig it up. You dig it up. You dig it up. You dig it up. You get rid of the weeds. You get it. You prepare it. Arlene, can you look up cultivator? Are you able to? Sure. Cultivate the habit of thinking big things. Learn to use words that will react upon your own spirit. Learn, this is very important. Learn to use words that will react upon your own spirit. Faith confessions create realities. Real, realization follows the confession. Confession precedes possession. I'll read this again if you're taking notes. Cultivate the habit of thinking big things. Learn to use words that will react upon your own spirit. Faith confession create realities. Realization follows the confession. Confession precedes possessions. Our memory text for this week is Romans 10.8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Praise the Lord. Did you find the word cultivate? I sure did. Would you like the definition read? Yes. So cultivate. Can everybody hear her? Prepare and use for crops or gardening. Break up in preparation for sowing or planting. Raise or grow, especially on a large scale. Uh, 
try to acquire or develop apply himself to improving or developing one's mind or manners. And synonyms for that are to improve, better, refine, elevate, educate, train, develop, enrich. Praise God. So read the part that would have to do with what I just taught about cultivating. The first part? Pardon? The first part, is that um, Cultivate the habit of thinking big things. To raise or grow, especially on a large scale. All right, let's think of this. To raise, just what she said, cultivate. To raise. Try to acquire or develop a quality. To raise or grow on large things, right? Large scale. Okay, so you know where your faith is right now in a situation. Raise it. Raise it to the next level. What's the, nec what's the next level? Raise it. Cultivate it. Raise it up. Expect more. If you're raising children, make a decision together how you want those children to be in a year. What do you, what do you, what do you want out of the kids or what do you want them to learn in this year? You know, or a week or month or whatever. Well... If this is what you want of them, you have to bring, be that person. Amen? Okay, we need to raise it up. Okay, what's another one? Okay. To acquire or develop. Acquire and develop. How do we do that? By the word of God. There is so much in this word that we have not read or understood yet. We're, we've just scratched the surface, okay? Develop ourselves. If there's a circumstance or a situation, study on it. Live it. Learn it. To where you know that you know that you know that's the truth. And nothing can take that away from you, okay? Apply oneself to improving or developing, or developing one's, mind or one's mind or matters. I will tell you, we will be ordering the books. We won't start this week because it took a week for our books to come in. If Terry can get a sheet out there for the book and the workbook, and I have no idea how much it's going to be, but it, I think it was... 20 bucks for both of them. But we need, to, we need to change our thinking. And there's some things, as far as I'm concerned, there's going to be some big changes this year. Okay. Let's, what else do you have over there, sweetheart? Okay. That's pretty much everything, unless you want the synonyms. Uh, 
You what? You've got one, okay. As, as someone that's worked on a farm, cultivating to break up fallow ground. Come here, honey. Cultivate means to break up fallow ground. Whatever is set there already, you break it up and you have new, a newness that will come up. So I, they need to hear you say this, okay? No, no, they really do. What you're saying is very good. Okay, when, a, when you're out in the farm, then they say you're, you're going to cultivate the land. Uh, for one, uh, your tractor has a type of plow behind it, behind it. And for the strawberries, you would go down the rows, and the weeds that are there would be pulled out, or at least pulled up where they can dry out. But to cultivate follow ground it means for us for your mind it's opening up new horizons it's taking away the the quote the norm and now it's giving it a chance to bring up new uh, a new crop so as we get into God's word and if we will allow his word to cultivate our mind we will have new uh, a new crop best way I could put it. New thoughts. Well, we can have as much of God as we want. There's no limitation. There's no limitation, but we have to cultivate that. We have to lift our horizons higher. We have to lift our faith higher. We have to get ourselves up into another level from glory to glory he's changing us and the more we come into these services are prepared to worship and praise him when we come to prayer we're prepared to pray and we expect we hook in with the person that's leading prayer and the prayer requests, they have to happen. God wants us to pull ourselves up to a higher level. Daily. Cultivate yourselves. What do you want to see done? You know, don't, this is the best way, don't, don't just live with, ah, uh, whatever today. Don't, with what? Status quo. Status quo. That's not what God has for us. He has so much for his children that, are, that have studied the word, that have learned prayer, that have walked by faith. He's about ready to open up horizons and, and things that we've never seen before. So we've got to get ourselves cultivated up to the level, up to the, in the place where God can do this through us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person in this house this morning, those that will, are listening online, those that are 
will be hearing these teachings. I thank you, Father God, that they learned today how to operate in a realm of faith that they've never operated in before. That we realize that the words of our mouth are, are holding us back in some areas and that those words turned around and speaking the word of God instead will change every aspect and every area of our lives, not only our lives, but other people's lives. So, Father, we must cultivate ourselves and we must begin to think as Jesus thinks. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. So we have to, Father, with your help, and we're crying on, we're not crying on you, we're, we're speaking forth to you. Your word says in Psalms 107, 19, and 20, they cried unto the Lord, and you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. And anything that's negative in our lives, God, we're asking you to teach us, show us in your word how to get it out. Change us, Father. Reveal to us areas that need to be changed, and then show us where to find in your word the word that we can speak forth and develop areas that have been dormant. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. There are dormant areas in people this morning that need to be brought to life that need to spring up and grow up out of disappointment. Things that have happened or just laziness. They've become dormant. They need to rise up to grow, to become powerful. And we thank you for the precious word of God Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. And God, I expect miracles to take place this, from this sermon this morning. Be with each one this week. We speak to these fires to cease. And we thank you, Father God, for your love, your mercy, and your compassion. In Jesus' name, amen.